Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. On today's episode of the podcast, we're talking about a Burger King employee who spent 27 years never missing a day of work. And how did the business recognize him? What did they do to celebrate his commitment to the business? All of that on today's episode and what you need to be thinking about when it comes to creating incredibly engaged, motivated employees. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. All right. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the episode today and for checking out the podcast. I always like to thank the people who are listening to the podcast. I always like to thank you for picking up this podcast because there's millions of them out there. There are millions of podcasts and uh, frankly, probably plenty that are more interesting than my podcast. But hey, you chose this podcast and I want to tell you thank you. And I can promise you that before you leave today, before you're done with this episode, we're going to be talking about some things that you can apply for your business. Stuff that works. And it's not overly complicated. It's not super theoretical. It's stuff that I've done that I know works, that my customers have done. And it's most importantly stuff that you can start doing even today. So if you're new to the podcast, haven't checked out the podcast before, it's called the Good Advice Podcast because we're talking good advice and there's not a lot of fluff here. It's just good advice. We're just talking about the actionable, practical, tangible things you need to do. I don't know if you guys have ever been to like a business conference or uh, you know, you've talked to someone who you're trying to get advice for your business and they speak a lot in like generalities. Like, you know, you got to just work hard. You just got to act tough. And here you are working 80 hour weeks thinking, okay, I got that part down. Why does it still feel like my business is broken? But it was always funny to me whenever I would be in one of these events where the speaker would be talking about like these vague generalities that sounded good. And yet here I was not sure about what was the actual thing I needed to do. What do I really need to do tomorrow when I wake up and get back after working on my business? That clarity wasn't always there. And so what I've always tried to do with my podcast is really be direct and straightforward and simple. And most importantly, sticking to the stuff that we know works. So the podcast isn't for everyone, but for those of you who've been following long-term, hey, I appreciate you and I'm excited to share today. Now I'm recording this episode. I'm a day behind my typical recording schedule, almost two days behind because it's actually the end of the day on Thursday. I typically put these episodes up on Wednesday. Uh, the podcast has been, um, continues to be an amazing opportunity for the business, but the business itself is like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really struggling to get um, 
things uh, prioritized, organized. And this is a pain point we all have with our businesses. You know, there's always things vying for our attention. There's always going to, in fact, it's the conversation I have with plenty of business owners who are trying to transition into that business ownership role. There's never going to be any shortage of fires to put out. Like you don't, you don't step into that CEO role because there's nothing, there's no other problems to solve. There's nothing else to do. There's no sales to be made. There's no daily decisions to, you know, it's not that you wake up one day and it's like, yeah, everything is just, wow. Everything's just naturally working. And I know that's true because everything in life tends towards disorder, right? Like your hair (laughs) throughout the day, your hair gets more and more disheveled. You don't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and ba-bam, you're good. You look good. You know, everything tends towards disorder. Everything tends towards chaos. And our businesses, unfortunately, are no different. So deciding to step into that CEO role, that ownership role is something we all intentionally have to make. And it's painful. It's not easy. It's painful. And I'm experiencing that myself. A lot of spinning plates, a lot of hats that I'm having to wear right now, but it's good. It's good. There's a lot of exciting things happening for the podcast right now. There's a lot of tremendously exciting things happening for the business, and I could not be prouder of what the Good Advice brand is doing. So all that to say, let's let's get into it today. Let's talk about what I want to talk about. I want to talk about something that came up in the news just this past week, and I'll read, I'll read to you exactly what has happened. A Burger King employee, his video has gone viral after posting about the goodie bag he received as a celebration for 27 years at Burger King. Now, in general, I try not to... Um, name and shame companies, but this is mainstream news. So I'm not going to, you know, you can infer whatever you want from Burger King, but basically this employee got a goodie bag. And as the employee, this employee is doing a selfie video. And for all you cynics out there, he's not doing a video complaining. This is how upstanding this person is. Like what a, what a stand up person this person is. This person is recording a video to talk about how grateful he is that after 27 years, he received some appreciation. He received this goodie bag saying, thank you for your hard work. And he's, he's genuinely, I mean, it's, it's incredible how humble this person is. Uh, his name's Kevin Ford, by the way. And essentially what's in this gift bag is it's a small gift bag and it has uh, a movie ticket in it. It has a Starbucks plastic cup, you know, like one of the ones that you, the reusable ones that you can pick up off their shelf. It's got two rolls of Lifesavers candy. It's got a small bag of Reese's Pieces. Uh, It's got a lanyard, um, you know, you put around your neck, put your keys on it, what have you. And the goodie bag had two pins, a couple of pins. And as he describes the video, he says, uh, I've never missed a day. 27 years, never missed a day. Holy cow. 27 years, never missed a day, never called in sick. 27 years. I mean, think about this in the restaurant industry. Those of you who work in the restaurant industry, maybe you manage a restaurant, you know how insane it is when you you have employees who are constantly calling in, calling out, can't be there. You're trying to figure out you know, who's going to be on the floor. Maybe, you know, you have, you have only a couple of servers when you normally have three or four because you couldn't get your, your floor staffed. 
So recognize for a, sec- a second how amazing it is. This person, 27 years, has never missed a day. And I'm posting this video for the same reason that uh, this podcast, for the same reason that this became viral in the news. 27 years and what you get is maybe 20 bucks worth of stuff. 27 years with the same brand, with the same company, never missing, never getting sick, never calling out. And in return, you get a cheap bag as a thank you. The world we live in today is the great resignation. It's the post-COVID world. It's where businesses everywhere are facing the pain points of retention, of keeping your employees Everyone's feeling it. The power is ultimately in the employee. It's in the job seeker because now more than ever, you have choices. You know, before, if you wanted a remote gig, eh, well, a lot of places aren't remote. Now, that's a real perk that people are focusing on. So our world today has changed quite a bit because of COVID, for better or worse. And it's made many of us, especially those like myself who are heavily in the leadership and management space, to really start to think about what does it mean to value an employee? How do you build loyalty with your employees? And this is a conversation that I think, I think that sometimes we're a bit intellectually dishonest about because it, let, me, let me give you like a non-employee example for a second. Almost everyone will say, I want, I want more customers Uh, beyond like specific niche situations, like you're happy with where you're at in general, people would appreciate more customers and they would appreciate customers who are easy to work with and who don't complain, who pay on time and who leave a five-star review, who are good customers in general. That's what we prefer. Sometimes we're intellectually dishonest because when a customer tries to buy from us, We make it so difficult, so challenging, so complicated. The product we think is amazing actually sucks. The experience that we think is premium is mundane and common. And so here we are saying, yes, I want that, but we're not actually putting in the work that is required to build a business that offers that kind of service. I think in the same way, we approach management from a very intellectually dishonest way where we aren't always willing to design a business that your employees can flourish in. And I don't mean just like professionally flourish in. I mean a business where your employees, they feel the weight of that loyalty. They appreciate it. And choosing to go elsewhere is like a life crisis event. <laughs> and here's what I mean by this. I, I, I think it's naive to say you're ever going to have a business that people will never leave. And if you don't understand this concept, you will look for ways to blame employees as a reason for not to invest in them. Meaning you'll, you'll, you'll have profit sharing, you'll have all the great perks that someone would want, and then they quit. And then you're like, well, see, it's, it was a total waste of money. It was a total waste of my time. I'm going, I'm going back to what I did before. And the problem is, is that people 
have so many things that make their decisions complicated in the sense of a parent who's in poor health and you have to move away to be near them or a spouse who wants to be closer to their family or, you know, a life transition and you're changing industries entirely. People are, people are complicated. And the sooner you recognize that and don't take it personal, the sooner we can move past the personal offense when someone does move on. And it's why I, I phrase this a very particular way, because we're not talking about permanence in that someone will stay with you for the rest of their life. We can't guarantee that. But since business is all about the long game, we're talking about growing and sustaining an amazing business, you will win long-term with happier employees, with retained employees, and who with employees who they, rather than flippantly deciding to quit, they have to be offered an out-of-the-world package elsewhere for them to move on. So we're talking about understanding this concept of keeping great talent on your team. You know, I mentioned that often we're a bit intellectually dishonest about it. Cutting to the chase, your people strategy has to be an intentional strategy in your business. It has to be something you intentionally develop, curate, and implement, just like you would a sales or marketing strategy. Hopefully, you don't wake up and just say, okay, what do I want to sell today? Who do I want to sell to? Uh, and and if, you, if you do do this, by the way, give me a call. We'll, <laughs> we'll figure something out. In general, most businesses have a go-to-market strategy. I typically know who my buyer is. I know the industries they're from. I know the bands of revenue that they typically make in a year. And I know the problems that I solve for them. I'm not throwing you know, a figurative dart at a dartboard and seeing what sticks. So just like you would have a, a diligence about making money for your business, you need to apply that same diligence to having a people strategy. There has to be a strategy to retain talent in your business, and it has to be intentional. It has to be directly implemented. It cannot be an afterthought which is so often the case for so many businesses where it's like, you know, December, you know, your fiscal year is ending if it's in December and you're thinking, okay, yeah, um, we got, we got an extra 200 bucks. Let's, let's throw a pizza party, you know, let's let people know they're valued. And it's like, yeah, they're valued with your, you know, after the facts. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's gotta be intentional. It's gotta be direct. And I want to help you understand just how much we get this backwards. You know, it's not just this goodie bag, which, I mean, after 27 years, could we have done something more than a goodie bag? And I think, you know, Burger King, I think what I saw was they commented, they commented and said, actually, this, this wasn't from corporate. This was someone else taking it upon themselves at this particular location to give a goodie bag. And the way I read it, which I could be wrong, the way I read it was them basically saying like, ooh, that's really embarrassing. But hey, we did not do this as a brand. That was, an, that was a manager there. But for me, that makes it worse. <laughs> it makes it even worse. It's, it's you as a corporation are not even thinking about your individual employees. So all that to say, we really get this backwards sometimes. We really, and I, I think, 
I think sometimes we get overly familiar with our employees. I think sometimes, you know, employees become like a roommate or like a family member where, you know, the more we're around them, you know, year two, year three of working together, we start, I mean, it's just like, you know, when you date someone for the first time, they can typically do no wrong. You know, when you marry someone for the first time, you are, it's the honeymoon period, right? You're head over heels. They're amazing. You see all that they bring to the table. And then after a while, uh, like my wife, for example, she will fill the dishwasher and not start it. It drives me crazy. Now I have 50 million things that I do that drives her crazy. These are things that I, I start to get annoyed by. I'm like, why can't we just press the start button? You know, <laughs> and for her, you know, the dishwasher is like the mother goose of dishes. And so she's like, well, I just, I, I might add just one more later on, <laughs> you know, we'll take all your dishes in here. But all that to say, I think a lot of times we, we, we have this employee who we've had for a few years and we know what annoys us about them that we begin to minimize the incredible things they bring to the table. The problem here is that is when another business starts to notice those things and you're even maybe a bit passive in keeping your talent until suddenly that person leaves and now you realize, shoot, that person was kind of important. Or maybe, maybe you don't think that and you start looking for applicants and now three months down the road, I'm really having a tough time feeling this spot. In fact, I'm really burning money interviewing, training, meeting people. Can't seem to get someone in this role. I'm really burning money in a way where if I could have peeled off a portion of that money that I've now lost and put it directly in that person's pocket, maybe they would have been happier. The Department of Labor has talked about how much it costs to replace someone in your business, like a salaried employee. And in some cases, it can cost up to their entire year's salary to find someone else who's a culture fit, who you train, who operates at the same level of efficiency. I mean, are you willing to spend someone's entire salary to find someone else? And I'm not saying there aren't times that you let someone go or, you know, you lovingly let someone leave. Um, I've known people in the past who've moved on that I've personally felt, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with you moving on. It, it was kind of getting a little not the right fit for us. So I'm okay with you opting to move on because it's, it's frankly for the best. So I'm not talking about those situations. I'm talking about ultimately paying your people what they're worth. So hear me correctly here. I just literally gave an example about financially letting people know what they're worth. And I think that's an important distinction because a lot of times, again, being intellectually dishonest, you know, lying to ourselves, we so often think that we, we let someone know they're valued when really they don't feel valued. This is the cliche pizza party. It's the pat on the back. Hey, great job. You know, or it's the, it's the tagline on the email. I worked in a place when I was younger, uh, 10 years ago where I'd get an email that said, thank you for all that you do. And it'd always be at the end of like an essay of like, you need to do this. And I don't want to see you do this anymore. And yada, yada, like all this micromanaging. And so it would be ended with, thank you for all that you do. <laughs> And it kind of became a joke with us in the business because we all were like, we'd be like, Hey, thank you for all that you do. You know, we just kind of memed on it because we just, we just thought it was so 
insincere and disingenuous. But that's that's where we go to often as a business owner is, well, I, I told them thank you. I said thanks. And it's like, yeah, but you have not like made your mark as an extraordinary leader because you say thank you. Like, let's be real. These are just like basics of being human. Like someone is helpful to me, whether that's their job or not. And out of just a, a mutual respect, hey, thank you. Thank you for picking. Like, I, I mean, I'll call someone. I pick up the phone. Thank you for picking up the phone. Hey, thanks for, thanks for taking a couple of seconds. Or actually, even what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, do you have a couple of seconds? Is that okay? Even if I'm their boss, even if, even if I, you know, of course they should pick up the phone, but Hey, do you, do you have a second? Is that okay? Because this is just, this is just basics. <laughs> it's the basics of how you talk to people, work with people. So, Doing the basics doesn't make you an extraordinary leader. What makes you an extraordinary leader is going beyond that. The same thing's true in sales, by the way. You have people, or just in business, you have people who think they are an extraordinary business because they give customer service. Oh, I didn't chew out a customer today. I didn't cuss them out. And it's like, okay, that doesn't make you extraordinary. That's the basics of what's required of you. You know, you were kind and, and polite to me as a customer. I don't now think you're incredible. I think, okay, yeah, you're like 99% of other businesses. It's just, it's just mutually ex expected. The business that stands out to me is when a mistake is made, they say, oh, we, we messed this up and we're going to not only fix it, we're going to refund you entirely. We're going to make it right. Uh, and then I hear from them again three days later that says, hey, we just want to make sure that like did everything, did you get the new product? Hey, did everything work out okay? Did we did we make any other additional mistakes? You know, these are the businesses that that I feel noticed. I feel individualized. I feel cared for. The same thing is through internally for your business. Which of your employees feel individualized? Which of them feel noticed? Now, don't hear me and think you should never say thank you. I'm just saying that's like step one. That's the first thing that you do. There's so much more that communicates value beyond that. I think for starters, I, I think pay is a big piece of that. I think paying your employees well is a big piece of that. Uh, especially today where the minimum wage in a lot of places is $15. The starting pay for a lot of national brands is $20. That's got to get you thinking about your business if you're paying 10 bucks an hour. If you're paying $10 an hour right now, I'm nervous for your employees, for the future of your business. And you may be thinking, well, Blake, I can't afford $10 an hour. I would say fix your business where you can. I have, I have talked to hundreds of business owners. I have never in my life ever talked to one that was paying minimum wage and had a good reason for it. In the sense of like, I looked at their business and said, yeah, you have to pay minimum, of course. In every situation, it was a business that was simply unwilling to pay more. I just don't want to. Ah, well, you know. Or their business was broken in a way that they were unwilling to fix it. Well, that's just how our business works. No, that's what's become the norm for you. That's what's normal for you. You're just not willing to put in the work to change it. This conversation of pay, it's 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 got me in hot water before, but... You know, you have to pay people what they're worth. And, and here's, here's some things that I found with this. And this is why, this is why I think being a business owner, you're, you're in a tough spot. 
is because there's other business owners out there who are genuinely um, abusing their employees in the pay conversation. You know, it's it's inflation is up, you know, a lot. <laughs> and you give a 1% raise to your employees. And so now they're making less money than they were making the year before because their buying potential is so much less than it was previously. Or you, um, you know, you tell employees that, hey, if you get, if you get a perfect score on your annual evaluation, which annual valuations are junk, by the way. Um, if you want to use evaluations well, if you really want to do annual evaluations, reach out to me and I'll tell you how to do it the right way. But in general, they're junk. They're meaningless. They're, they're totally useless for your business. So, uh, there's business owners out there who will say, if you get a perfect score, we'll give you a 5% raise. But then to their coworkers or their colleagues, they say, well, no one gets a perfect score because no one's perfect. Okay. Now you're being obnoxious and disingenuous to your employees because you're dangling a carrot that they can never actually reach. Um, and the other part of this too, is I've known business owners who have, have guilted their employees for wanting more money. You know, I knew a business, uh, an employee who the industry average was $10,000 higher than what they were getting paid. And they went to their boss and they said, Hey, I, I think I should get paid more. And here's the industry average. And the owner basically said, I, I don't know where this is coming from. Like, I thought, I thought you really valued the work that we do. I didn't think you were here for the money. And whether the owner meant to or not began to manipulate and guilt this person. It's why I put out an episode, by the way, it probably was a couple of years ago that basically said, don't ever feel guilty for wanting more money. Your money, the money you're making is what opens up opportunities for you. It's what allows you to be generous. It's what allows you to make big decisions and have impact. It's not the answer to everything, but it is a big piece. And that's where it also gets a bit obnoxious where I've had business owners in the past say, well, but, you know, money's not everything. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I've seen your house. <laughs> yeah, money's not everything to you, multimillionaire. But to the person who's the dad of four or the single mom or, you know, it's the, it's the couple that's trying to, you know, they have big plans for like, you know, the future, maybe a nonprofit they want to start. For them, money's pretty important. And I'm not even, let's, let's back up a little bit. This is also what gets a bit obnoxious to me. I'm not even talking about people who want to use their money with like, you know, very charitable ways. In general, people should feel like they have the opportunity to have the quality of life that they want, where they're not thinking about the next meal. How am I, how, how am I ever going to pay my mortgage next month? Geez, this car is really on its last leg. It's on its last wheel. I'm, I'm praying to God it doesn't break down because I have no way to pay for it to get fixed. You know, try to understand that people should not be guilted for wanting more money. Now, are, are there people out there who are greedy? Sure. Um, are there people out there who are selfish? Sure. Typically, it's not the average employee. <laughs> A lot of times it's the boss, actually. You know, the um, Donald, the Scrooge McDuck, um, or, uh, what's the guy's name from it's a wonderful life. Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Potter, you know, usually it's the potters out there who have a lot and they want more. Those are the ones who are greedy, but all this to say, um, 
you know, don't guilt your employees for wanting more money. And they have good reason to, to want more money. And you as someone, if you're a door opener, if you're genuinely wanting to see your employees move forward in life, even if you can't give them more money, I would be thinking of other ways that you can prepare them for the future. Hey, I can't, I can't add this on your bottom line. I can't add this onto your paycheck. But what I can do is I can send you to that conference and it's going to add a skill set for you. And when you move on, if you move on, that skill set is going to be really key for your next big promotion. It takes a lot of selflessness to be that kind of owner. It takes a lot of humility to recognize that an employee is with you for a brief period of time, brief being, you know, maybe one to three years, and you are willing to mentor and develop them even if you won't see the fruit of your labor. That's a selfless boss right there. That's frankly, that's a business that I want to do business with. But not, not everyone has that philosophy. In fact, I mentioned it a second ago, a lot of business owners are manipulative with their employees. I was uh, talking to someone today who was sharing a story about a friend of theirs who a competing business, the owner reached out, reached out to her and said, hey, would you be willing to give a cup of coffee? And she was like, oh man, I don't know, you're a competitor. And it's like, it's just coffee. I just would love to meet you. And she was like, uh, okay. So she goes and gets a cup of coffee. And the person says, hey, um, I'd really like to hire you. I'd really like to hire you. Tell me what it's going to take. I really want to hire you. Um, we just, we recognize your talent. And the conversation, they have this great conversation. The person goes back and mentions to their boss, hey, um, just being transparent. I want you to know that our competitor's owner reached out to me and we had a cup of coffee. Now, I think if you have the right philosophy, if you're an owner with the right mentality, the right heart, what you're saying in that situation is, is one of two things. You're saying, here's the deal. I can never match what that competitor is going to pay you. And I think that's going to be a good career move for you. I think you should do it. And sometimes I've, I've said this to people who I just, I just know they're, they're, there's nowhere else for them to go in my business, but I'm, I want to see them successful. And so I'll say, dude, take that job, take that job. That's good for you. That's great for you. So they'll say something like that, or they'll say, oh my gosh, well, I have to keep you. Um, let's put our, let's put our money where our mouth is. I value, I want to keep you. Let's keep you here. Well, for business owners who aren't the right heart minded, what this owner did was this owner basically guilted this person and said, what you've done is incredibly unethical. It was unethical for you to talk to one of our competitors about a new job. Like, I think anytime someone tells you you've done something unethical, I mean, you're basically saying they've done something immoral, wrong, which I'm not trying to get into debate on immoral versus unethical, but it, it makes you feel the same way regardless. And it makes me think of um, when I started good advice, I knew someone who told me someone else, someone who wanted my business, the business I was like my customers, someone who wanted my customers basically guilted me and told me because there's so much competition in our area that that's between quote you and God, <laughs> knowing that I was a Christian. Um, basically saying, yeah, if you're going to go start this competing business, you know, just know that you're going to have to, you're going to stand before God one day about it, which holy cow, how insane is that? 
It's just business, you know, it's just business. And I know some people use that as a cover for shady things, but you know, starting a business, there's nothing inherently wrong about it. But my takeaway from that conversation was there are people out there who will do whatever they can, uh, to survive. They'll do whatever they can to survive, even at your expense. And I don't say that to imply some kind of cynicism that you should be cynical for your job, cynical for your business, but it, it should, it is to encourage you to be aggressive in taking care of yourself. You know, taking an honest look at those opportunities, because what's the quote out there that it's like, you know, you're, you're killing yourself for a job that your owner would replace you in a week if you were to drop dead. You know, a lot of business owners, they want loyalty, but they're not willing to actually pay for loyalty. So don't care more about the loyalty of your position than your boss ever would. Uh, and I think even where it gets a bit silly is these things like golden handcuffs where someone will you know, try to forcefully keep you in a job. Um, you know, it's just, it's just wild to me. So all this to say, if you want to retain talents, one, you have to pay them what they're worth. The second thing, and I'll end with this is you have to, well, I'll say three things actually. Um, the second thing is you have to be interested in their career development. Where do they want to go? What do they want to see happen? You know, what's their aspirations? Can you feed into those aspirations and elevate them or can't you? And if you can't, I think it's worth being transparent and honest. A lot of business owners don't do that. You have someone who says, Hey, I want to be a manager here. I want to be a leader here. And you're thinking you'll never be a leader here, but you don't say, you don't say that to them because you don't want to frustrate them or them to quit or move on. You really need them. And so what you say is, let's see what next year holds. Hey, you know what? This fiscal year is really, it's, I mean, we got a lot of changes. We just can't, we can't do another staffing change. And so, Hey, hold on for another year and we'll have this conversation a year from now. I knew someone who wanted to be a, a, a manager and had been given this conversation year after year. And he had waited four years. It had been four years of him waiting which four years is a lifetime, by the way, in your professional earning years. Your earning years is only a very narrow band of your actual professional career. It's the years that you're going to make the most money. Four years is a long time. And he had been told year after year, hey, just one more year. Even though, even though now the owners would probably say we were open to it, but I don't think they were as forthcoming and honest as they needed to be. So, Helping someone with their career path means, hey, I'll be honest with you if you have a future here. And if we like you enough in terms of what you bring to the table, let's find a way for us to mutually win here. You want to do leadership? You want to do management? Uh, that's actually what I liked about my last job was I didn't know anything about sales, but I went to my boss, uh, who's Chuck Hyde, who's an amazing professional. He's in our NWA area. And I said, hey, I want to, I want to understand sales better. And he said, great, start sitting into the sales meetings. And I was like, which our business development department had like their own private meetings. And I was like, I can just walk into those. He's like, yep, yeah, start going to those. And I just so appreciated it. I saw, I thought this is someone who, who knows what I care about and wants to embrace this. I never forgot that. So develop them. And then the third thing, um, you know, the actual thing I want to end on is, just understand that 
beyond these things, and this is almost counter to what I opened with, it really doesn't take much to recognize your people. I think sometimes we try to be as generic as possible or as quick as possible in giving thank yous to people. So we give the tagline at the email, thank you for all that you do. But actually recognize your employees, actually recognizing your employees, it means being specific. It means to pointing to something that they did and letting them know, one, why was it so important for the business? And two, that you noticed it. Hey, I, you know, we were wrapping up for the day and I saw you grab that mop and you, you know, you realized that the floors hadn't been mopped. And even though you didn't need to, Hey, I really, I want to tell you, thank you for spending 20 minutes to mop the floors to give our customers a better experience. I really appreciate that. You know, you say, um, Hey, what that suggestion, that thing you did for that customer, you went the extra mile or for your team member. Hey, you didn't have to, I, I was the one who was supposed to do it and I forgot but you did it and you didn't even take credit for it. That's something that is really valuable to our culture here. Thank you for doing that. You know, being specific, pointing those things out, that means the world to someone. It lets them know that they are an individual in your business. They're not just a number. You recognize their individual contribution, not their team's contribution. I'm not saying the team isn't worth recognizing, but you, you recognized them individually that matters i'll never forget i was um my wife was getting her blood drawn back when we were pregnant with our second no, our first kid actually and um we were in the office of the um phlebotomist phle <laughs> whatever it is the person drawing the blood okay and uh, we had stepped into her office for some reason but i noticed on the wall this is at the hospital i noticed on the wall there was a um, generic certificate. It's one of the ones that get printed out of a printer. And they, sometimes they get put like in the $1 frame. It wasn't even in the frame, by the way, but it was tacked on her cork board on her desk. And it said um, it was a pre-printed, um, the hospital celebrating. And then there was a blank, blank years for excellent service by, and then another blank. And the person who, the manager, I guess, who gave this award, printed it out, didn't frame it, just printed it and wrote the person's name. It's for this person, the person whose desk, whose, whose office we were in. And it said, thank you for five years of service. So I see this and here's what's interesting about it. The five is crossed out and underneath it is written six. And then the six is crossed out and underneath it's written seven. And I'm thinking, this is so, this is, this is so cringy. Some manager, rather than printing a new one, just crossed it out and wrote the year below it. So I pointed it out. I said, Hey, uh, I like your certificate. What's going on with the, the cross out? And she said, I, I did that actually. And I said, Oh, well, why did you do that? And she said, yeah, I, I liked getting it. I liked being recognized, but it was the only time I'd ever been given something like that. And I knew I wouldn't be given something again the next year. So I've just been in every year. I cross it out and I just say, you know, pat on my, my own back. Good job. Good job for the job for the work that I do. And it stuck with me. 
It stuck with me because I thought this person is hungry for recognition and no one's giving it to her. It's the person who, when they quit, maybe the manager's surprised they left. Oh, I thought they were happy. They never complained. And it's like, yeah, you talk to them once, once a year at their annual review. Never talk to them outside of that. There was no real dialogue or relationship there. And more importantly, you didn't recognize them. The second part to this story is the same employee. We got to just talking about recognition. The same employee let me know that the hospital had just awarded bonuses to their employees, given all the employees bonuses. And I said, wow, that's really cool. And she said, yep, my bonus was $2 and 38 cents. And I told them they could just keep it. See, sometimes you think you're doing the right thing. You think you're making a difference, but actually you're pushing that employee farther and farther away from being happy, engaged, and you're, you're pushing them into the arms of another business who'd be glad to have them. And more importantly, are going to take care of them. Don't give your 27 year employee a goodie bag. I mean, I would just be, I would be blowing the trumpets, throwing the confetti. I mean, it'd be a pizza party. That person would get all, all the pizza you can eat for a year. They're getting a bonus. They're getting extra time off. I mean, they're getting, you know, Hey, 27 years, you tell me what you want. Let's, Hey, have you ever been to Disney world? Let's, <laughs> let's send you to Disney world, man. Hey, come back in two weeks, come back in a month. I so appreciate everything you've done for this business for almost 30 years of your life. You spent your whole adult life here. And I want to tell you how grateful I am. I want to show you how grateful I am by doing this for you. And the sky's the limit on how you can appreciate your employees. The question is, will you be intentional and strategic about your people or will they be widgets on a supply line that you're just trying to get the most out of? you know, sponges that you're trying to wring out as much productivity as you can. It's worth thinking about. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd so appreciate if you leave a review on the podcast, continue to subscribe to the podcast and check out the podcast. Also, if you're a business and you're looking to promote your business, we do have advertising slots available, rolling it out on the podcast. When we talk about how amazing your business is, and we'll go from there. But hey, for those of you who follow the podcast long-term, I want to tell you, thank you again for all the podcasts you could be listening. You chose this one and I appreciate it. That's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.